Hey everybody, welcome back to But Why Though the Podcast, the podcast where every week myself, Adrian, and Matt talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. It helps people find us and it's a great way to support us. But if you want to support us a little more, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash PC. podcast and today we are talking about an anime that inspired a running style for weebs everywhere we're talking about naruto as always i'm your host kate i'm here with adrian hey how's it going and matt hello and (laughs) oh god (laughs) that was his most excited hello ever i mean he didn't say you know why i'm here (laughs) that's coming after you in the next part And we welcome back Grant from the Gilmore Ball Z podcast to the show. Hey, guys. Hey. How are you doing, Grant? Doing good. Do you have Naruto feels? I have some Naruto feels, uh, some some Naruto feels. We'll talk about that. I'm assuming you'll ask. We'll we'll go about go through our histories with the show. I can I can talk about it a little bit then. Um, but before we get into our histories and everything. We want to give a special thanks to Nico. He sponsored this episode and he chose the topic. Um, So we are gonna do our best to cover it. Um, However, we are gonna get our Naruto biases out of the way now, as in kind of a little bit of our backgrounds. Um, I watched, uh, which goes into the question, put our biases in the question, that way everybody, you know, set the set the tone let people know where we stand like we always do um so do you know what naruto is and how did you learn about it i'm gonna go first uh i know what naruto is because of toonami and i watched it when i was way way younger and i enjoyed it at the time and then i didn't enjoy it anymore and so i stopped and then i i rewatched some for for this episode. Um, so I don't really have the most extensive knowledge. I don't have any Shippuden knowledge. Um, but I did <laughs> try to read up on everything I could. And I used a lot of fan blogs to influence how I drove everything. So hopefully I do this justice when I lead it today. Uh, Adrian? Um, Nico. You know I love you, Nico. But you also know I don't like this show. Um... Uh, <laughs> I tried to watch it. Like, it's not like I, I didn't watch it just because like I'm a Dragon Ball fan. I love all shonen anime. I'll come give I'll give any shonen anime a chance, but I just couldn't get into Naruto when I was a kid. And even now, like now that there's things to watch, I still just can't get into it. I used to watch it on Toonami. I loved it, and then like my favorite characters kind of got like pushed to the side and like shafted. And there's too many similarities between my other favorite shonen anime. So I'm just not a huge fan, but like I know about it and I know like the story because I've had it told to me thousands of times. 
between people trying to tell me that Dragon Ball Z is trash and Naruto is better. And the kids that I teach all love Naruto and they talk about it constantly. So I get my Naruto feel like basically daily. So I do need to ask, is one of those favorite characters Rock Lee? Yeah, how did you know? Wait, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> I love Rock Lee and the dude just gets... N- okay, sorry. <laughs> Um, well, there, there's a section and a certain spinoff that we can talk about some Rock Lee feels. Okay, awesome. If he gets a spinoff, I will totally get back on the bandwagon. Spoiler for, like, 30 minutes from now, he did. Um, Matt! Nice. Um, two things. One, y'all know why I'm here. And two, I don't like Naruto or Naruto or however you pronounce it because it taught a bunch of kids to run like idiots. And <laughs> has a terrible form. And you should hey, man. proper running. Hey, Wraith runs like that in Apex, man. It's it's culturally significant. Yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, it's really funny to me because, uh, so I guested previously on your Dragon Ball Z episode, and before that, to get a feel for the show, I, I listened to your Kingdom Hearts episode, and now I'm on this episode, so as far as I'm concerned, this is just a show where Kate and Adrian talk about stuff, and Matt is just a curmudgeon in the corner and never has anything to contribute. <laughs> like, Matt, I'm sure you like things, and I'm sure you have interesting things to say about things. I, I trust that, but but I haven't seen it. <laughs> See, look what you're doing I'll have to, to go back. I'll have to, I'll have you, to go you back like sharks? And, and Matt a... loves sharks. I did okay, okay, sharks. I'll... We have I, a Shark Week episode. Okay. Matt, I was like, I led last week's episode of How You Train Your Dragon. This is true. Yeah, he, he did. did. Okay. Okay. I'll and go back and listen to that one. I'll dragon. go back and listen to that one. <laughs> yeah. So one, which is not fair because I end up on these. And obviously there's a reason you are a guest because you love these things. And obviously, as everybody knows, I do not care for any anime at this point, And I never have. You liked Ajin. Yeah, for like a season. And then it like got terrible. That's like nightmare. So like, which, which, uh, which anime did you just describe there? Like I know, the but question. it's also like it only made it like, you know, 12 episodes before it got terrible. So this is where I say for a second, this is why Bishoujo is a little bit better than a lot of shonen because it's never run long enough for you to start hating it a lot of the time. It just stops at like one season for the majority of romance Bishoujo. So just putting it out there. Counterpoint. Fushigi Yugi. That's fair. That's fair. See, I don't even know what that means, but I'm here. <laughs> Would you call me? <laughs> Again, Matt is the moral support in the Krillin of the, of, of the episode. Oh, he's the Rock Lee of this episode. That's what he is. This is true. That's fair. Yes. Rock Lee's amazing, Matt. He has so much heart. Okay, so now, that, you've, yeah, so now that hopefully shouldn't. children are getting better running form and thing... Now Grant can tell us why he's here and why we chose him to be this special guest. So uh, so my experience with Naruto was actually not all that different from Kate's, where when it first aired on Toonami, I really, really liked it. I was super into it. Uh, I thought it seemed super cool. They were ninjas. Kakashi was awesome. I was just, like, all about Naruto. And I continued to be really into it. Me and my friends all loved Naruto up until a little bit into Shippuden, and uh, anybody who has watched the anime knows that a little bit into Shippuden, the anime just grinds to a halt. It's ne- It was never a fast-paced show, but the pace grinds down even slower, uh, like, 
you know, like, like freeze a fight of DBZ levels of just slow glacial pace, and I got forward. Um, especially because around that same time, I was also watching Bleach, and Bleach was uh... also... Bleach was also on their bullshit with that at the yeah. same time. And so, actually, that was kind of... I kind of just sort of threw my ups, arms up in the air and was like, nope, I don't like anime anymore. <laughs> and That's fair. I, <laughs> like, I feel like it's part of the life cycle of a weeb, is that you're a super, super weeb, and then you decide you're going to reject anime and decide you hate anime, and then eventually you come back around and you're like, okay, anime is all right. And then you be like, become an adult and, and become comfortable with your level of weebness. So... Naruto was sort of directly responsible for that denial phase that we all go through. <laughs> um, and uh, so I kind of, I was, it was kind of like in the same place as you, Adrian Rhodes, like whatever, Naruto's fucking dumb. It does a couple cool things, but whatever, not worth it. Blah, blah, blah. And semi-recently, a couple years ago, I was like, you know, I've heard some stuff about the later show. It sounds kind of interesting. I wonder if there is, you know a way like i wish somebody would make like dragon ball z kai but for naruto so i could just cut out the filler and get the story and so then i googled naruto kai and i found out lo and behold some dude on reddit edited the anime together to be 72 feature length episodes each one corresponding to a volume of the manga and it's just like a cut to manga it's naruto kai it's a cut to manga version of naruto so i was like shit Let's jump back into our childhood. And I did, and I watched it all the way through, and I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. And it, it's I think it still definitely doesn't stand up against a lot of the a lot of the other really, really great shonen. Um mm -hmm. but I do think it has some things of value uh that are worth talking about, and I think that uh in particular the way that it's influenced a lot of shonen that has come after it is really important um i i honestly don't think we'd have my hero academia yep. the way we have it now without naruto i, I have I just, that I, written like twice in these notes yeah i just yeah, i don't I, think my hero academia would exist without naruto no like i like i said i said this on um a couple of episodes like where i don't i don't i'm not knocking like its cultural significance like because that's just terrible to do right like, i am because they taught apex, kids how to run terribly apex characters oh are God. running like Naruto and, I, and like running and like Naruto is a thing it. like that's culturally significant like I understand like it's influence I just want to make that clear like I don't think it's just like oh it's trash it hasn't done anything for anybody I just oh yeah yeah, yeah. I got you I, I, got I would you. watch probably like the Kai like this Kai version you're talking about that seems cool because I've gone and watched like the end fights of of things and kind of like watch things build up I just don't want to sit through 42% filler in my uh, my my shonen animes says the DBZ oh well then yeah I'll, I'll shoot you i'll shoot you that link man it's it's still slow but it's a little more digestible when they cut the crap hey we've talked about this on uh, many episodes dragon ball does not have nearly as much filler as people think and naruto no. and naruto shipped in are way worse on it oh no no that's fine it definitely is and filler is why i got burnt on bleach i i, I saw same the, oh I saw my the god do feel like the majority of american anime fans have all said, I'll go back and finish Bleach later. Yeah, like, me. I yes, feel like that me. is something that we all feel, and we always try and forget what episode number we're on. Yeah, give us Bleach, what cry, really please. Killed me, yeah, what really killed me with Bleach, and this happened around the same time I gave Banarto, what killed me with Bleach is they were legit in the middle of a fight, and they were like, now let's step away and tell a little filler story. Like, are, you the narrator... are you talking about Wake Mundo? Yeah, in Wickle Mundo. Yep. 
That yeah, yeah. When like Ichigo was in the middle of fighting some guy, I don't even remember who. It was. It wasn't even anybody important. And they're just like, okay. Like the narrator literally steps in and is like, let's step away from this story and tell a different story about Ichigo and his friends. And it's like everyone's in Karakura Town and they're not in Wakomundo and it's just some random thing that happened at some point. And I was like, all right, I'm done with this show. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I waited. I waited until it came back from filler. I started watching again. I got like four episodes in, and then they did it again. And I was like, okay, now I'm done. Yeah. 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 Anyway, <laughs> that's my, those are this? my feelings on Naruto. Sorry. Hearing all this, I think I made the right decision. You know, um, being an anime you're not fan wrong. Is, yeah, being an anime <laughs> fan is dedication. And it's rough because as we start talking about Naruto, there is a crap ton of content. Being yeah, honestly, my the thing that I've always said hard. about Naruto is that I really, really like Naruto. I would not recommend it to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening to this, Nico, and you're tapping out because you think that we're just doing this, I'm about to tell you all the ways Naruto is both culturally significant and, although it is not our favorites, uh, is one of the big three mangas absolutely um, especially with shonen um so we're going to start with history as we always do we're gonna keep this probably the shortest history i have ever done because again i don't have too much extensive knowledge and my strength is talking about cultural stuff so yeah, for I for our patrons who are gonna see these notes um it's like less than half a page which has probably never happened before we're, we're 92 episodes in guys this this is big <laughs> so the series was created by Masashi Kishimoto and it has an origins from when Kishimoto was in art school he ended up winning a contest for aspiring manga artists with his story uh, Kakakuri um, it translates to mechanism also I am not going to say mangaka over and over again but I do know that mangaka is the correct word for manga artists so just bear with me don't at me I know what I'm doing leaps um, so, his next work was a manga short, short story about a fox spirit disguised as a human. And foxes in Japan are traditional shapeshifters um, throughout a lot of their folklore. It's one of the reasons why um, a lot of, and I'm referencing Chojo, but of the like fantastical love stories, the main male guy is usually a fox demon of a sort. Um, they're just extremely famous in Japan, and that is why, or not famous, but um, regarded. Um, as of some of the biggest shape-shifting tricksters, spirits in existence in Japan. That's why they're everywhere. Um, and this fox spirit was named Naruto, um, appeared, and this appeared in 1997. Two years later, a new version of Naruto premiered as a serial in the magazine Weekly Shonen Jump, and it became an immediate hit the moment it hit the presses. Also, some pronunciation stuff. Um, it's like, Naruto... Naruto, like there's a whole bunch of different ways to say it. Uh, I'm sure you'll the thing hear a I whole love, bunch of them. Yes. The thing, the thing I love about that is that in the English dub, everybody says Naruto, kind of like the Americanized Naruto, like most of us would say, except Sasuke. Mm -hmm. In the English dub, only Sasuke says like Naruto, like he adds that that hard sound to it. And so it just, it projects this whole different version of it where it's like Sasuke in character is the, the total weeb who's like, no guys, it's not Naruto, it's Naruto. <laughs> he's the only one who says it like that. Literally everyone else in the show just says Naruto. Uh, Yuri Lowenthal. 
Because I feel like he's a big one. Yuri Lowenthal, Yuri Lowenthal voices Sasuke. Uh, he was Spider-Man in the Spider-Man PS4 game that just came out. He's um, a bunch of other stuff. He was... Like, he's Mercury on Ruby, if any of you watch that. He's a big he's a big deal. He's uh, he's a couple other things. If you yeah, if you look up his IMDb page, it goes on for days. Yeah, yeah he's, he's in a lot I'm of stuff. A... Uh, the one that does... Yeah, the Ben 10 one throws me off. I'm like, what? He's... What? Which Ben 10? Which Ben 10? The original one. Oh, maybe this is, is the it new the one, one that, maybe, I actually. think it's the new one. I don't think it's the one that Dwayne McDuffie did. Cause oh, McDuffie I was going to say. I was like, what? That's what I was asking. There's like so many Ben 10s that I like. I forget which one. I'm like, I get confused. He's also been Batman. Which Batman? Uh, Dark Knight animated series. Or the animated movies. Oh. oh I was like, the animated series? What? Yeah. Yeah, that's what he's been a lot of stuff. Yeah, or he's son been of around. Batman, sorry. He's got the yeah. range. Yeah. But anyway. I, I watched Ben anyway, 10. Does that help? <laughs> hey, Ben 10's good, man. That counts. I like some of it. Then they kind of they keep doing it all weird and different things, yeah. and I kind of got uninterested. But yeah, So but, like you with anime. Yeah. So it was good for a season that it became garbage? <laughs> I think it was more when they kept trying to like, I don't know if it was rebooting or they kept like. Yeah, they like, rebooted it like three times. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know what you really called it at that point. It was just like, oh. Going to the well too many times. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Um, anyway, um, so Naruto um, is a Japanese manga series written and illustrated by, as I said, Kishimoto. And it tells the story of Naruto Uzumaki, an adolescent ninja who searches for recognition from his peers and the village and also dreams of becoming the Hokage the leader of his village. The story is set in two parts, the first set in Naruto's preteen years and the second in his teens, although technically you can say it's three parts now because of Boruto, because he's in that for a little bit. Um, but I heard that that show sucked. So we're not going to talk about it that much. I'm just going to acknowledge it again in like 30 minutes. Um, yeah, I know nothing about Boruto. Yeah. <laughs> um so ultimately naruto was serialized in um suisha's magazine weekly shonen jump from 1999 to 2014 and it was released in tankoban form in 72 volumes tankoban as we mentioned on the show before is essentially a book of the arcs run in shonen jump um that's a specific term for those type of manga books and manga volumes that are put out um, the anime was produced by Studio Perot and Aniplex, and it was it broadcasted 220 episodes in Japan from 2002 to 2007. And the English adaptation of the series aired on Cartoon Network from 2005 to 2009. The next piece of the series, Naruto Shippuden, is a sequel, direct sequel to the original series, and it premiered in Japan in 2007 and ended in 2017, so fairly recently. That's a long-ass show. And it is 500 episodes long. Let that sink in for a little bit. It's um, long. <laughs> when you add them all together, you have to sit through 720 episodes to get the full story of Naruto. Or Naruto Kai. Which is still long, but significantly shorter. <laughs> 70, 72 seems like a reasonable amount in, in comparison. I mean, some of those some of those episodes are like two hours long, right? It's like 72 movies, but <laughs> still shorter than 720 episodes. Yes. Um, the English adaptation of Shippuden was broadcast on Disney XD first, 
from 2009 to 2011, which I didn't know. Which yeah, I, I didn't think know is that either. Really interesting because I did not know that Disney XD tried to break into the anime market. Um, yeah, I can't think of another one. I'm trying to think of another. I don't know. Maybe Twitter people can help us out, but I can't think of another anime that's like this big that was on Disney XD. Uh, I think like technically, I think technically for a little bit, Dragon Ball Z Kai was was. Was it? I think so. I think it was. Interesting. I don't well, like Disney XD because that was another one of those they tried to split off for another channel to make you get another channel. <laughs> That's fair. Um, the great thing though is Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network still reigns supreme in the anime stage, and they got back the rights, and it aired on Adult Swim's Toonami block in January 2014. It still is weird to me that Toonami is an adult thing now, but also makes sense because we're adults now. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it, it messes with my head so much. Um, in total, there are 11 movies and 11 OVAs and OVAs for you for those of you who don't know are original video animations these are essentially like direct to DVD releases that really have nothing to do with anything so Um, Christmas episodes basically kind of yeah yes Um, other Naruto related merchandise includes light novels video games and trading cards developed from several companies and we're going to get into those later when we talk about the series and its lasting power and how much people buy things um so that's it that's the history that was really fast i am proud of myself guys um but we still have a lot a lot of notes left and that's because we are getting into the but why those um and the first is that naruto as adrian kind of mentioned is to younger people is to the generation after us what dbz was to us um, or Sailor Moon kids? in some cases. Yeah. Oh, yeah, basically. See, they are the worst. My brother, and I was waiting to say this, my brother, when he was little, cha- he used to run around pretending he was Lightning McQueen from Cars. Um, <laughs> and that's he how ka-chow? he would run. Huh? Did he, he did. go ka-chow? He nice. did. It was adorable. <laughs> um, and then he started watching Naruto with me, and then he started running like that. So, yeah. Adrian's hot take time. Which I don't really think is necessarily a hot take, though. You were much more tamed in the beginning. Yeah, but yeah. let it all I, out. I, I said before, we, before we go, I'm not going to dumpster on Naruto. I just, it's just like, like, like you said, it, it, it's what it is. It's what anime is for like the 2000s generation. That's why like my brother's friends, who he was born in 2000, they all love it. It's why the kids that I work with. Um, high school age kids all of Naruto because that's what they grew up with just like the way that we grew up with like um, you know Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball so I understand that my only issue is that it's so similar in its characters and things that it bugs me and then like their decisions that they do with their characters is bad like they just throw their characters away like I can go through a whole laundry list of things like and they're all really just kind of... St- and I understand why, because Kishimoto is admittedly a big Dragon Ball fan. Like, he says that's where he got a lot of inspiration. So, like, Naruto having yellow hair and wearing orange and blue. And what is Goku... Ter- like, what Goku is when he's Super Saiyan. He has yellow hair and he has orange and blue. Uh, Sasuke's broody and is, like, the only one who calls him a different name. Like, who else? I don't know. Vegeta. Um... 
Goku was an orphan. Both their dads died in like heroic fashion, saving their their people. And it just kind of goes on and on and on for me. And it's if I wanted to watch Dragon Ball Z esque stuff, I would just go watch Dragon Ball Z with less filler of like forty percent of five hundred episodes. And I also have a legitimate Dragon Ball Z Kai that I can go watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like I've had to like tell my like the friend, my brother's friends and like the kids that I work with, they're like, oh, uh, you know, Dragon Ball Z is lame. Like, do you realize you wouldn't have Naruto? Like, literally wouldn't have Naruto without Dragon Ball Z because the guy who made it is heavily influenced by him. So, like, my frustration with with Naruto comes from, like, those people, big fans, not understanding, like, that they're standing on, like, the shoulders of giants before them kind of thing. And it's just very frustrating for me. Um and I'm getting a little hot because I'm getting upset. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with it. Um, so to kind of add some context to it, um, and the reason why I say it's it's like it's like DBZ for us to younger kids and to 2000s kids. Um, I apologize if I'm calling you kids and you're listening to this and you're born in the 2000s. That's, that's just what I'm you not. Are. You're terrible. Get over it. Oh my, Matt, no. <laughs> They're not terrible. They're they just, are terrible. You know, 18, 19. <laughs> Put old man Matt away. I'm telling you, I don't like 2000s kids. <laughs> oh you my don't god! Like anything, Matt? I'll take 90s kids, not 2000s. <laughs> You're such an old man. You need a water hose or something <laughs> to water the 2000s kids. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. I'm like, get off my anime lawn. Just kidding. Not gatekeeping <laughs> them like that. I just want them to appreciate, you know, appreciate where you came from. Sorry. So, Sorry. No, You're good. You're good. Um. So the reason I say this is because it defines shonen for new audiences that come after it, and it defines shonen after it the same way DBZ did. So you're not completely wrong, right? Like you are, you made an extremely valid point in that, like many manga artists now and writers now, DBZ influenced their childhood and their work. Um, but just because uh, Kishimoto has admitted how much he is addicted to, or how much he was addicted to Dragon Ball and how much it did influence him, him, I do definitely want to push back because ultimately uh, Dragon Ball and DBZ to a much larger extent sets the tone for all archetypes in Shonen. Um, It very much sets the map for almost all Shonen to work in. I and wholeheartedly disagree but i understand where you're going but i just i yeah <laughs> i wholeheartedly disagree because we talked about this okay sorry we talked about this in episode 15 oh, okay sorry 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 i know where you're going i know where you're going and it's less of a ripoff in more so that it's more faithful to shonen because archetypes like a pure hero an overpowered hero it, uh, a shonen rival, which is a defined type, which why you have a broody Vegeta against an optimistic Goku, Goku, which is why you have a broody Sasuke against an optimistic Naruto. These are tropes that are found throughout almost all shonen, specifically of this type. Um, and so ultimately, what you see, and I would be curious as to what a lot of Naruto... I, I would be curious to know if a lot of Naruto fans feel the way you feel about Naruto, Naruto about My Hero Academia. 
Um, because a lot of Boku no Hero Academia, so you don't at me, um, has a lot to do in the new team dynamics that um, Naruto sets up. Yeah, and I figure that's where you were going, because even when I was watching My Hero, My Hero Academia, I even sent out a tweet that, like, this show reminds me of, like, every shonen anime I've ever watched. Like, mm-hmm. it has, like, the different scene of characters, like, Naruto has, it has, like, that, yeah, yeah I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Um, it's one just, okay, yeah, I definitely You know, you, you, you can interject now, Adrian. Yeah, this I, is I, a I show where we saying. all talk. And, and, I, and I think, I don't want to, I don't I mean, I don't know what's I'm pretty sure Dragon Ball is still more popular than than Naruto. I'm just yeah. my thing is just like the whole broody character thing, and then like the you know those kind of tropes again like wouldn't be there. Like you wouldn't have a Sasuke against Naruto without like Vegeta against Goku kind of thing. Yeah. But I totally agree with. I think the aspect of like the way that they have that team aspect is different than Dragon Ball. And definitely you can see it in something like um, My Hero Academia, but you don't really see in Hunter x Hunter. So I don't know. Are there any other ones that you can think of that have that same kind of dynamic? Other than well, I mean, you, That's like that popular. The Like the team dynamic? Yeah, like that team dynamic. No, I mean, I honestly don't think that there are a lot of team dynamics because a lot of it you focus on a central core group. Yeah. And you don't see a lot of outside characters playing away from that group. So this large cast, granted, like you said before... There are a lot of deaths in Naruto, like yeah. a lot. I watched an eight, uh, Naruto story in 18 minutes, and it was like this guy just yelling, going "R.I.P." like every three minutes. Um, it was great. You should watch it. Just Google Naruto, uh, full Naruto story, and it'll pop up. Um, so essentially, there aren't that many, but when you look at shonen and specifically, like the shonen rival is probably the strongest of shonen tropes. I mean, you see it in Yu Yu Hakusho, would not necessarily rival, but you have you have a counterbalance to your your main protagonist. Yeah. In almost well, it's a thing everything. outside of shonen too. Yeah, it's like, a foil. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, even even in the grander scheme of it's a dramatic foil and that's a thing that's been around since as long as we've told stories, but yep. like it also just that that specific style of rivalry bleeds over into so many other different like just about any kind of Japanese or Japanese-inspired media, you're going to see that mm-hmm. just displaying itself in one way or another. And so um, while, like, obviously Sasuke did not, I mean, as Adrian just went on about, Sasuke did not invent that. He far from did. But I think that the dynamic between Naruto and Sasuke is one that um, that kind of set that trope on a new path yes and we've seen a lot of people kind of calling back to sasuke in different ways and kind of seeing him as a different kind of anime rival that um that we maybe hadn't seen in vegeta whereas like i think my hero is actually calling back and mixing in because bakugo is definitely more like vegeta than he is sasuke yep whereas like Todoroki's almost more like Sasuke, but really yeah. Todoroki's Gara. Like my yeah, hero academia like, yeah, is. Todoroki is entirely Gara. He he learned his power through love, just like Gara did. He learned yeah, to no, appreciate he's... people through love. Yeah, it, my hero is is if is Naruto if Naruto had had the foresight to make Gara part of the main cast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 
there, there, there lies the issues. <laughs> um, but I will Can say, we just this say how too. good My Hero Academia is for a second, though. Like that show, no, My Hero Academia so is so good. good. It's amazing, and and honestly, and I want to apologize if we're bleeding in a lot of other am- anime references for Naruto. I think one, it 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 sets for the it, it sets the foundation of yes, Naruto has done stuff that has reached beyond it. But also, it's like the only way that I can really like connect the to this because I I'm connecting to it from other paths because I'm not necessarily the strong I don't have the strongest connection to it. Well, and it positions um, Naruto as this sort of nexus around like shonen and anime stuff in general of like mm-hmm. whether you love it or hate it like it it made a humongous impact in so many ways yep. where like even. People like Matt, who don't know shit, at least know that, like, oh yeah, it's the show where the, everybody runs like an idiot, and like it's this <laughs> for sure. It's 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 this this weird cultural touchstone, in a way that a lot of I think really Dragon Ball is the only other anime that has managed to do that. And Sailor Moon. <laughs> and Sailor Moon. I knew she was gonna say it. Don't All forget right. the Pretty get, Guardians. Get 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 into your your. Uh, the, the character's Kate. Because I want to... The, for those who um, aren't patrons and don't see our show notes, there says Kate Rant later. And yeah. I want to get to that as soon as possible. Uh, yeah. So, ultimately, what this all leads to, and one of the things that really influence uh, influences My Hero Academia, is that these are all kids. And these are all kids who are severely weaker than the adults that they're put up against. Um, which, for me, is something that was is really... Adrian, I don't remember a lot of Dragon Ball, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. Like, this is something that I think... Like, there is a real loss and a real need for adults to step in and save them a lot of the time in the, in the original Naruto, not Shippuden. And that's one of the reasons that it leads to a time jump. So, like, I'm betting... I haven't read the manga... Um, but I'm betting that My Hero Academia also is going to have a, a time jump just with that same type of trajectory going. Um, but it also makes these characters feel a lot more real if you're a dude and not a woman on the show. And this is where I bring up Sakura. Hold on, hold on, um, hold on. So I would not like the show anyways because they're all kids, correct? Yes. Because I can't stand when they make like... But they're not like, they're not like kids the way... They're not like... OP kids. They're not Damian Wayne. They get their asses kicked. Yeah, and yeah, they're also I, like not—they're not like some preteen kids. Like they're—I mean, I guess they are preteens, but they, they don't come off as like, not, yeah. you know, like elementary school, you know, kids kind of thing. I was trying to explain to Grant this whole context of everything. Oh, sorry, before. I was yeah. rudely interrupted by everybody. But <laughs> well, for we Grant, you, well, because Grant probably man, this dude really hates kids. But no, the whole point of this is why I said this was because I do not like when they make these superhero shows, but they make them all like with their little kids, or like Kate brought up Damian Wayne, who's just beating all these people these grown adults that are like three times their size that's fair it hurts my head (laughs) i i i actually have some thoughts on the fact that they're all kids and the notion of them being weaker than the adults but i want to let kate have her rant first (laughs) oh okay well, so no, the rant isn't coming now. It's coming in when I go into the dedicated section of this. Oh, okay. I was just so going to introduce should... the main three characters, so you can you, you can bring it out. You can talk about oh. it now. Okay. Um, I think that um, the the fact that they're all kids, I think, is something that doesn't get enough. Um, I think doesn't get enough focus when people talk about the the show and the plot from a critical perspective, mm-hmm. because 
one of the big things that comes out a lot is that people are like, oh, yeah, Naruto, it's that show where the kids whine all the time and Sasuke is emo and angsty and broody all the time and he sucks, right? And, like, those statements are are true. Uh, he does, he is emo and he does brood and angst all the time and that is not great. But I think that something that one of one of the things that I think Naruto does better than Dragon Ball Z is that they the kids react to the situations they are put in that are often horrifying situations in a way that makes sense considering they are 12-year-olds or 13-year-olds who have not been emotionally prepared for the situation that they are in, as opposed to, like, Gohan, who's like, I'm seven and fighting for my life, let's go! Like, the part of the driving force of the show is that they're acting like kids that are their age and the adults in the situation have forced them into situations that they are not emotionally mature enough or physically mature enough to handle. And that's because another interesting thing about Naruto's world building that doesn't get enough focus until way later in the show, and then they still don't focus on this part of it, is that Naruto, it's, it's, you know, okay, they're all ninjas and going to ninja school and doing all this shit, but it also takes place in the wake of a world war where a good chunk of, like, a solid generation was wiped out in this gigantic war, and it was a lot of the heavy hitters of that generation were wiped out in this war because they were fighting each other. And so, although, yeah, the adults are much stronger than the kids that gap is a lot smaller than it would be because it's kind of like not this isn't entirely true because you got people like Orochimaru but in a lot of ways like the mediocre survived this war <laughs> or the people who are getting older now and so they're these kids are being forced into these situations because the adults who normally would have been there to handle them aren't around and it creates this really interesting um just this really interesting situation logistically and emotionally that gets tapped into in the story, but not as much as I would have liked. And so, I don't know. I, I think that that's an interesting thing that is worth talking about in Naruto as a show. And so I didn't want to blow past that when we talk about the fact that they're all kids. Cause unlike a lot of things like what Matt's talking about, where like they're kids, but they still act like adults. And it's like, why does it even matter that they're kids if they can take down giant adults? In this case, they're kids, and part of the driving force of the story is that they are just kids, and where is the responsible adult to get these preteens out of this bad situation? Yeah. Pretty much. This um, is, once again, why 2,000 kids are terrible. How? <laughs> what? How, Matt? Explain, because I feel ultimately, like, with what Grant just said, and... Like, my knowledge about this and also heavily weighed by My Hero Academia having some great emotional dynamic dynamic moments of kids going, oh my god, I should not be here. Um, why is this a problem? So, basic, so basically, um, we're talking about 2000 kids, and basically this is the show they grew up on, and then we lead to the fact that did their parents were irresponsible, I guess, because why are they acting in such weird ways? Uh, I would actually what argue. What are you I even talking about? Yeah, I'm so fucking confused right now. So actually, I think I think Matt has accidentally stumbled onto a very insightful landmine, because 
the reason why maybe this narrative resonates with 2000s kids in a in a in a really uh, a really profound way, especially 2000s kids in America, is that uh, somebody coming up as as like an 18, 19 year old right now might kind of feel like the world's on fire, and it's just a That's lot of fair. adults who caused this problem, and they're just kids, and now they got to deal with it like that. You know, not to not to get get too much on your show here, but that could be an apt description of the current political situation. And from a lot of the a lot of the kids of around that age that I used to work with, I don't work with kids anymore, but I used to, and that definitely echoes a lot of what some of the more politically minded among them were were feeling. So I never thought about it before, but that could be a reason why the the show uh, resonates with. A lot of those kinds of kids, whereas maybe Dragon Ball Z doesn't resonate with them as well because it doesn't necessarily push that kind of thing. It's more of a, you know, if they're, if Gohan is the character they're supposed to identify with in Dragon Ball Z, then most of the time, barring a couple of specific instances, Gohan's role in the story, especially early on, is just to, to survive until the adult shows up and, and rescues him. Yeah. So he yeah, did a I'm... lot better job of explaining that than I did. <laughs> but but I mean, yeah. The thesis of my statement said. was not Gen Z sucks though. <laughs> Correct. But But as someone who works with these kids, although my sample size is very small, I wish it was that deep, Grant. <laughs> Give them that benefit of the doubt. But I don't think it's that deep for them, unfortunately. But I, I but I will say this though. Two well, I mean, but I mean, we're talking about the of point this... of like, if we're talking about ni- late '90s to early 2000s, and you're watching this as like, be what eight year, 2009, eight year old. Basically, we have an entire financial collapse. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, like my, you watch yeah. a lot of people, their parents basically get screwed. A lot of people got laid off. Everything is crumbling around them. Your parents are basically, depending on your situation, are probably not going to be able to help you. Probably making a lot of bad decisions that were like they were forced into, and there is no adult at some cases actually here to save you. Yeah, and the fair. old dude in charge mishandles the situation wildly. Hey, that's Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that might be a way different. We just did Inception on Naruto, but yeah. No, I mean I think all of this is fair, and I I get what you're saying, Adrian. Like it, like this may be too deep. Like it's not that deep, bro. But I also think that there is a lot of stuff that we watch in media that we do subconsciously that we are subconsciously drawn to because we either need it at that point in our lives or we see ourselves reflected in the story in some way whether it's And if we're not character... reading bullshit in the media that isn't yeah. there are we really a podcast? I mean, yeah, <laughs> or a scholar. <laughs> that's all they do. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think that's a really valid point. Thank you like for being Grant. here to unpack Matt, Matt's uh Gen, Gen Z suck statements. <laughs> As yeah, the I'm as the so person on the show who's actual as on this episode who's actually watched the show, I'm glad to lend my critical analysis. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're here. Hey, hey, I watched up to episode 98 for this show. Thank you very much. Just a just a quick preview for the audience coming up soon. Sasuke did nothing wrong, and Naruto doesn't deserve to be the Hokage. Anyway, back to your regular <laughs> scheduled programming. We're gonna talk about Sakura. She's one of the main characters. Allegedly. She's- She's useless. She is completely and utterly useless. Um, at me if you want. She's useless. I'm going to rant about this later because they make her useless. We're going to go they to Sasuke do. Corner now. 
Um, <laughs> and I'm going to go into a little bit, and then you can let loose on, on Sasuke. Um, okay. So at Sas- this point, I do have a question, though. At this yes. point, does Nico really like us? Because at this point, everybody's had major issues with this show and probably going to do a rant. I mean, I mean, I think I've done my fair share of sticking up for it. Yeah, he has. I, I've definitely said I understand the cultural significance. Yep. And I, I said at the very beginning that I love Nico as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, my only big problem with this show is Sakura and the filler, but mainly Sakura. Those are two completely valid complaints with the show. <laughs> if you um, told me either of those things weren't that bad, I would insist that you were either delusional or had not watched the show. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so that's all I'm going to say on Sakura now because I have an entire thing devoted to the women of Naruto. Um, so my my show notes, if you're if you're a Patreon patron, you'll see that it just says Kate rant later as Adrian referenced. Um, so yeah, going into Sasuke. Sasuke is the shonen rival. Um, he, the best mirror here because of their age and their competitiveness is Kachan and Deku from My Hero Academia. But as you said, Kachan does have a lot of Vegeta tendencies, but I ultimately think he is Sasuke in that when they're doing their introductions and you get to know the characters, Sasuke doesn't want to get stronger to bring honor back to his clan. He will get stronger to bring honor back to his clan. Sasuke is somebody who can't handle anybody being stronger than him because he has this filial piety almost of needing to restore his clan to what they were supposed to be. Um, so sounds, Rick's sounds real familiar. <laughs> Rick Spanders, uh, real familiar as in almost all shonen rivals. Um, no, I'm just saying that, like, I just I mean just because your analogy was Kachan and Deku, but that it's also so. Goku and Vegeta. Yes. Yeah. Yes, entirely. Um, so Rick Spangers, who is a media studies scholar, um, he essentially sees the difference between Sasuke, a loner, and Naruto, an optimist, as tragic, arguing that the contrast between the two protagonists' approach to the world is fundamental to the plot of the show. He says Naruto's strength grows as he gains more loved, uh, more loved ones to protect, while Sasuke remains alone and is increasingly absorbed by his quest for revenge. Um, and the biggest thing to note about Sasuke, too, is this entire time that he's like this, he's not only facing these external forces that have crafted him to be this way, but he's also battling a demon inside him, um, which is really similar to what Naruto has, because they both have things inside them. They just handle them extremely differently. And now Grant will talk about Sasuke. So, okay. Um, I think I... I'm assuming... I, I'm, I'm just going to go into it, all right? I don't know where to start, but I'm just going to go into it. So here's the thing about Sasuke, right? So like I said earlier in, in the in, in the episode, Sasuke gets a lot of flack in in media when especially when Naruto was big, the the prevailing joke, the prevailing meme was just that like, oh, Sasuke is just over there in a corner like listening to Evanescence and crying and writing poetry in his journal, right? And that's largely true and the major the major driving force really of like the last two-thirds of the show is that sasuke is trying to avenge his family and he realizes that the best way to do that is to actually go join orochimaru who was the main villain at this point in the show and like study under him and learn how to use all these powers because like you said he's got this curse mark and if he can uh, you know master it then he can maybe get vengeance and restore his clan yada 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 
And so they set Sasuke up as something of a villain for the rest of the show. Like, he's treated like a villain when they do cut to him. It's usually him being incredibly violent, incredibly cold. But the thing that frustrates me most about the show as a whole is that if you follow Sasuke's journey from the point where he leaves the Leaf Village, he doesn't actually do anything bad or wrong. Hence why kind of my catchphrase has become Sasuke did nothing wrong. If you treat Sasuke's arc as him just going into deep cover to eliminate the enemies of the Leaf Village, it all totally tracks. He defeats public enemy number one, he stops a coup against the village, and... He, the he he repeatedly gets to see all the things that the the village and the status quo that the the world has built up has failed. He sees all these horrible things they've done. He learns that you know oh, actually his brother that murdered his entire family was not you know some horrible uh, sociopath. He was actually on orders from the village to do it because his family was planning an uprising. And he just sees this dark underbelly of everything that can go wrong and how the system is corrupt. Whereas Naruto's journey is a much more straightforward shonen journey of just like, oh no, you need to do a thing. Well, better go do this special training so you can learn this new power. And friendship is great and the power of love. And like, that's all well and good. And it it fits for what, what you were, that quote you, you read, Kate, about how it's, you know, the optimism versus cynicism and how those things collide, but I think that at the very end, the show kind of throws away the lessons that are to be learned about Sasuke's journey. And so, like, kind of like what Adrian said, where they throw away characters, they kind of throw away Sasuke at the very end of the show. (laughs) When the whole show has been about Naruto and Sasuke and how their paths were very similar at the beginning, they were both outcasts in the village and diverged, and they had these different experiences... And so at the end of the show, Sasuke is like, hey, maybe, maybe we should build a new world order. Let's start over, start from the, from the ground level and, and do things differently. And in particular, he's trying to get rid of this practice of using kids to carry out ninja missions which is what caused all of the this pain and sorrow and loss that them and their friends have experienced their entire lives. He's like, we need to, we need to stop this. We need to stop this process that that ruined us. We're we're like what, 15, 16, and we're killing each other, and it's the adults' fault that this is happening. And Naruto's response is plugging in his ears and shouting, "La la la, the status quo is fine." La 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 la. <laughs> I just pictured that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true. I'm not. I'm only exaggerating a little bit, right? <laughs> and so then it's like, oh well, we disagree, and so you're gonna try to stop me. So we gotta fight about it. And they fight, and they both punch each other real good, and they punch each other to a stalemate. And Sasuke's like, ah, Naruto, I guess you're right. And that's it, <laughs> right? And like, now don't get me wrong. Sasuke's plan was let's murder all five Kages. Yeah. While they're those still are, in a coma. Are those old right? people? Yeah, yeah they're, they're old people. It's basically like, let's blow up the UN and start a new world order, was basically his his plan, right? Man, he I'm was liking definitely, this guy more and more. 
Yeah, he was definitely going too far, right? He was definitely going too far, especially when some of the other Kages like Gara and Tsunade probably would have had his back. He was, but it was, it kind of reminded me more like a, like a Black Panther, right? Killmonger yeah. was definitely going too far in Black Panther, but he he still had a point. And so like at the Magneto. end of... Or, went or like Magneto. Far. Definitely made we valid really, points. Are we, we really going to compare Magneto to Killmonger right now? Oh, no. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm sticking. I'm sticking. I'm gonna stick with Killmonger. I think it's a little bit more right. Killmonger was going too far, but he had a point, and that's why at the end of Black Panther, T'Challa's like, "Hey, I'm gonna do kind of what you said. Like, I'm gonna address the issues that you saw, but in a way that doesn't involve mass murder." And so I was kind of hoping that was where Naruto was gonna go, but instead, it's just like. Okay, Naruto's right. The status quo is fine. And I haven't watched Boruto, so maybe we see that in the future he does institute some more common sense practices. I mean, but it's the fact all that... based on, like, the next gen of them being ninjas, so I'm gonna say no. Exactly. The very <laughs> fact that Boruto exists, and they're still preteens going through ninja training, and the stuff that they are doing is dangerous enough that there's enough dramatic stakes that it's worth having a TV show about it, shows that... Sasuke's entire story, in which, may I reiterate, he did nothing wrong except at the very end, <laughs> like, all gets thrown away. And that's ultimately, like, that's my, there are a lot of other gripes to have about Naruto. Kate, you're going to go off about the female characters, and I, I proactively agree with 100% of what you're saying. Uh, you know, and yeah, the filler is insane, and they do throw away a lot of other characters along the way, but I think that's the major thing that I think I like Naruto. I think that's the biggest thing holding me back from ever really saying that Naruto is great, because it had this amazing opportunity to to have this narrative that that like we take two people, we give them very different life experiences, and then we show how two people with different life experiences, talking to each other can create a better middle ground, and then they just completely threw it all away at the very end. And yeah. that's my Sasuke rant. No, I mean, that that's a really good rant, and it also makes me appreciate the shonen rival built of, like, Kachan, or if you don't know, Kachan's Bakugo, um, in My Hero, because he, he starts from, like, the opposite end. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it fixes some of these Sasuke problems. Um, at least season I, three, yeah. but we're not going to get into that, because I think Adrian's still waiting for the dub. Which hopefully is coming soon. It's supposed to be coming soon. Give me um, my dub. I need more. I will say this: I need more Sabat in my life. Um. So outside of that, and outside of Sasuke, we have our other third character and our titular character, Naruto. Um. He's innocent, happy, loving, and he's essentially just like not the person anybody else around him is. Um. Now this is a typical trope. A lot of your shonen heroes are lighthearted, happy caring people um but there are two differences when it comes to what i see as a lot of the is like this team this team space of shonen and this singular the singular team shonen like um like dragon ball is and adrian again correct me if i'm wrong you're the dragon ball expert um i'm not um but the differences here is that naruto is much more like deku and that he's a complete come from behind kid He's somebody who, one, doesn't realize the strength he's had, he has, and two, isn't getting strong for the strength, for the, for the sake of getting strong. 
Um, he doesn't want more power because he has to be more powerful. He's doing it because of the people that he wants to protect, and he never states otherwise. Okay, so I'm confused here because we're supposed to like mm. this guy and everything, but based on what Grant just said, why would we cheer for this guy if he just let a status quo and said, let's just keep doing what we're doing, which already sucks? Because you're not at the end of the show, and you're watching it from the beginning. and But also you, you make a very good threads. point. Like also, also you you just pointed out a very valid criticism of the show. It is a very valid criticism of the show. I probably should have talked about Naruto first, but we're gonna go back to you Naruto. He's innocent, he's... happy, and loving. He's just stupid. I yes. mean that that's also a common trope with a lot of shonen main guys. Guys are not. So yeah, I mean we're we're right. Better Dragon Ball. I want to like. I don't know if I, I agree that like Goku's like not like the comfort behind kid. Like he's like a low class Saiyan. He comes gets. You know, his ass kicked by Raditz and Vegeta and blah, 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 blah. And he gets stronger, like, because he also wants to protect people. I mean, Naruto wants to be Hokage from, like, the first minute you meet him. Like, that's a very, like, stronger for stronger sake, I, I would say. But, like, I, I see what you're saying, like, how he is more like... I would I would argue he's more like Deku, but, like, not for, like, the reasons you said. But I, I see what you're saying. I think he's kind of a little bit in between because yeah, at I th- the end of... yeah. By the end of the show, he wants to be stronger so he can protect the people he cares about. But at the very beginning, he's just, I want to be Hokage. Like, I want to become stronger so I can become Hokage. Because when I'm Hokage, people will finally respect me. Yeah, and a lot of it does, too, is because he's, he has, like, he's literally the kid of a demon, essentially. And nobody respects this kid. Nobody wants to be around him. He has he no treated friends. like shit his entire life. He like, has, he, just... he doesn't even have a Roshi to come and be with it. Like, he's literally what? just alone. But you I mean, said he's got he a Yurika. Nah. Yeah, he has his own little perverted uh, homeboy. You said he wasn't getting stronger for strength's sake, but then you guys are now stating that he wanted to be the best of the best or whatever. That's, that, that's what I'm saying, Matt. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what he's that's saying. That's my counter-argument. But the entire end of it is like, not that whereas for me goku like that that's goku's path for a lot like yes he does want to protect people but the majority of the time he is still saying that he wants to be strong for strength and he yeah, wants naruto to be powerful to be the most growth. powerful naruto like the- ends up being like i want to protect people around me and violence isn't the answer and ultimately we need to stop fighting by the violence time isn't the answer, then why did he not want to like get rid of the people that Matt, this, is ju- this is just the- so there are two arcs there is regular naruto which we've been talking about and then there is naruto shippuden which is the second half of this thing that we're not at yet. Okay. <laughs> I think to to, to 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 clarify it, Matt, is that at the beginning, he wants power for selfish reasons because he just wants people to respect him. But over the course of the show, as he experiences things and makes friends his desire for power becomes more altruistic as he just wants, he realizes the responsibility that would come with becoming Hokage and that would mean protecting people and caring about his people. Now, the whole bit that I just went off about on the child soldiers and whatnot is really because the show doesn't properly give weight to that fact. And Naruto's had a slightly different life experience and he has that blind spot. So he's not literally saying, like, no, we should keep using child soldiers. He's saying we need to put things back the way they were. And he's not realizing that the way things were is part of how things got as bad as they are. So the worst thing you can say about him is that he's naive. He's not actively malicious. Yes. Those are the worst people. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that's fair. 
I'm yeah, not going to argue gonna, with you there. Yeah, same. Um, ultimately, um, even though Naruto is a goof off most of the time and at heart, he does put his life on the line a lot to protect his friends. Um, and in extreme circumstances, he can draw the energy from the demon inside him to fight back. Um, so ultimately, Kishimoto sets him up, sets him up like this. When Naruto was born, I was more like some. Um, sorry, when Naruto was born, it was more like he somehow came out rather than my creating him from some inspiration. The only image I had in my mind was a character who was a naughty boy. I was a poor student, but unlike Naruto, I was the type of poor student who gave up easily and pondered things that weren't worth pondering. I wanted Naruto to be different. He was created based on my self-image of my own childhood, but different from how I really was. And he essentially just ends up, like, to me, he sounds mostly like Deku. Um, in that, like, no matter what, he doesn't stop giving up. Because there are a lot of times Naruto gets knocked out cold. Like, those early episodes, he gets knocked out. Um... But he keeps getting uh, back up and he keeps coming. I don't want to spend too much time on this because we are running kind of long, yes. but I would actually argue that Deku is Rock Lee. That's fair because he has no powers and Rock Lee had no powers. And that and that when he does use his powers, it's usually at great cost. I think that part of That's why fair. My Hero Academia's uh, dynamics work a little better than Naruto's a lot of the time is because it is that dynamic between Rock Lee, Sasuke, and Gara which is an, it was an incredibly compelling dynamic during the tune-in exams of Naruto. And so My Hero Academia is kind of just saying, hey, this dynamic was interesting. What if we took the tune-in exams and made an entire anime out of it? And Udahara's a good character. Also true. <laughs> but yes, no, I mean, I do infinitely like My Hero Academia more, but we're focusing on Naruto. Yeah, sorry. I just needed. Yeah, no, 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 no. You're completely right. Rock Lee is a legend, and I'm so sad for him because, yeah, uh, he sadly he's Krillin. Um, and essentially, this is also what um, this is also what Kishimoto said. Um, All the people I was influenced by have very successful um, have been very successful in other countries, which may be why it's easier for my work to be accepted here. Naruto owes a lot to those artists who want acceptance and popularity overseas. And I put this in specifically for Adrian because the creator of the show, and I would say a lot of actual Japanese fans understand this. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're right. I I really have anything to add there. Yeah. And a lot of it too, is I think that what we don't realize as weebs and otakus and people who love these things is we still experience it in a vacuum and in a very small space compared to where this stuff originated from. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. And Phantom Wars can get ugly, as AJ yeah, that's, has that's, explained. I was going to say this at the end, but I guess I can put it in here now. Like, If I was born in 2000s, I'd probably like Naruto more than I like Dragon Ball Z. So I, I, I could totally concede that point that I just watched the other thing first. Yeah. I would I think also was... like you... Ex- Exponentially less. God. I would also have that, so I'm glad, you know, I'm glad my mom had me in the 90s and not the 2000s, just so Matt could like me exponentially more. Anyway, um, so the next but why those, we, we were on those characters way longer than I thought we were going to I know, be. that's why I said you got to get um, moving. Yeah, we won't just hurry up through this. The staying power of the franchise is another giant but why those. So Naruto is the third best-selling manga series overall. 
The first is a One Piece with 450 million copies sold. Dragon Ball is the second with 250 to 300. There's some differentiations in numbering. That's why that's there. Um, if you're a Patreon patron, you have these notes. I have hyperlinked it so you can go look at that stuff for yourself. Um, and Naruto has sold 235 million copies worldwide in 35 different com- companies. There is an asterisk there in that Naruto has the smallest, uh, has a smaller amount of books, of, of volumes overall than One Piece, but more than Dragon Ball Z. So Yeah, I was going to say, like, I didn't think that Dragon Ball was going to be number two because it only had, like, what, like 40-something volumes or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so when so, you, like... Damn. Yeah, so when you, like, compare them to, like, volume size numbers, like, One Piece is, like, on chapter 1,000. Yeah, still going. (laughs) um, It will outlast us. Um. Yeah. (laughs) No, but Naruto's been around for a long time, man. Like, that's to be on, like, the the third, like, the number three on that list, given the amount of, like, you know, One Pieces and Bleach and, like, Dragon Balls that are, that's crazy. Yeah. And um, it being done is even crazier. Like, it's not a thing anymore, so I don't know what else is going to catch it. Um, so, ultimately, Naruto has become Viz Media's best-selling manga series overall. Their English translations of the volumes have appeared in USA Today and the New York Times bestsellers list several times, and the seventh volume won a Quill Award in 2006. There are also 26 Naruto light novels. The first nine were written by um, Masatoshi uh, Kusakabe, and they were published in Japan, not in the U.S. Sorry, devoted Naruto fans. Um, 13 original novels have also appeared in Japan, and if you don't know what a light novel is, a light novel is a, a, a young adult novel in Japan. We don't really have them here. Um... Yeah, um, and most Naruto video games are also only released in Japan. Um, the first games released outside of Japan were Naruto um, Kikito Ninja Tyson series and the Naruto Saikyu Ninju Daikeshu series um, that were released in North America under the titles Naruto Clash of the Ninja and Naruto Ninja Co- Council. So when you actually compare it to a lot of other, it, it, even if we're using Dragon Ball Z or, or Dragon Ball as a starter, there has been a lot less produced for U.S. consumption um, than there has been made. I gotta say, one of my one of my like most cherished memories in middle school was the fact that my best friend from down the street had an imported Japanese copy of Gekito Ninja Tyson 4. <laughs> and he had hacked his GameCube so it could run international games. He had, like, the action replay thing that you could use to run international games. And so we spent a good chunk of one summer just sitting around playing just 2v2 against the computer of Gekito Ninja Tyson 4 uh, before it came out in America. I don't actually. I don't know if four ever did make it to America because it came out between the GameCube and the Wii. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was it was good stuff. We entered a doubles tournament at the local anime convention and actually cleaned up pretty well. So the and I have another quote from um, the creator. Um, it's rather awkward to talk about what makes Naruto appealing to audiences, but I think it's being a knucklehead. And being a knucklehead gives him an appeal. Perfect heroes are cool, but no one can really empathize or identify with them. Naruto, Naruto often makes blunders, and he has weaknesses. Naruto feels inferior to his peers, but he hates to be a loser. 
Although he doesn't think about it too much, he knows he hates to lose, and we all know what that feels like. I think readers see themselves in Naruto, and that's what appeals to them. They can empathize with him and his weaknesses. Um, and I just wanted to put that there to kind of explain how they've sold so much, and it has a lot of the same power that is there, um, like most shonen does, and why shonen is as popular as it is, you know, in the U.S., um, as well as Japan, but when it comes to forms of anime that have that have been accepted in the U.S., I think Shonen is surpasses all of them, even my beloved shoujo. Um, um, so when it comes to spinoffs, this is what I was telling you about, Adrian. A spinoff comedy manga by Kenji Taira titled Rock Lee No Seishin, Full Power Ninden. That yeah, exists. I looked it up on, on Google right now, and it kind of makes me sad because it's just like, big heads and little bodies kind of things and rock lee's still a joke <laughs> it makes me sad um, make so- this a make this an anime please <laughs> um and so if you don't know why there are a lot of rock lee jokes um and a lot of rock rock lee sadness it's because rock lee ha- cannot tap into any sort of ninja power at all he is just a very good fighter and he punches Gara, real good. Yep, he punches real good, and Gara crushes him. I gotta say, uh, Rock Lee is interesting to me because it's ov- it's so obvious that it was like, all right, I need a character who's gonna be a little bit dopey and who can just kind of be a little comic relief guy I can pick out. So I'm gonna make him the most ridiculous-looking dude humanly possible, right? And that was what they made, and he's rolling with that. And then later, he's like, oh, I like this Rock Lee guy. I'm gonna write more of him. And write more of him, write more of him, write more of him. Then he was like, oh, shit, I just made him the most compelling character in the show, and he looks like this. What do I do? (laughs) (laughs) And so just like, sweep Rock Lee under that rug, pretend he's not here. But then it's also, sadly, with as powerful as people were getting around him, there was no way he could have, like, kept with it. Eh, I I mean, Guy kept up with Madara, so Rock Lee could have, Rock Lee could have gotten up to Guy's level, because... Guy, Guy was able to, to trade blows with Madara for a good bit, and I mean, it almost killed him, but it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Next, because you... <laughs> Wait, what? Naruto swooped in with his plot device magic. Anyway. Plot armor is a friend to all forms of storytelling. It's um, true, and Naruto's great ability at the end is like, wait, I can give my plot armor to other people. Yep. Um, or you just have a whole bunch of really tropey women come in and heal you. Um, next Here it comes, spin-off. here it comes. The next spinoff <laughs> you have is Yuchiya Sasuke no Sharigan Den. And this is a, obviously, Sasuke Yuchiya spinoff. Um, and then the most recent one and an actual anime that people are watching right now, I believe it's simulcast on Hulu and Crunchy right now, um, is Boruto Naruto Next Generations. Um, I haven't watched it. I kind of want to watch it because people had babies together and I shipped them real hard. But at the same time, um, uh, in the robot, which is um, which is an anime YouTube channel, they're amazing. You should watch them. Uh, had this is like listed as one of the most overhyped animes of two thousand of twenty eighteen. Yeah, all my kids have overwhelmingly said that it's not good. Like as Naruto fans, they didn't really like it too much. So I never. It's not about I, them. It's about the next generation. Yeah. yeah, they they digimoned it. They ex- they experienced the pain of having something made that was for you for somebody else. Exactly. This is <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Everybody always reacts the same way. People just act like they don't. That's fair. 
Um, the other big thing, and one of the reasons why it's still important, and it's not really a big thing, it kind of nestled under the staying power of the franchise, but it's kind of its own thing, is that both the manga and the anime have developed with the age of the readers. Mm-hmm. Along with it, so has the subject matter and the depth of understanding required to analyze Naruto's decisions, with with some plot armor exceptions. Um, ultimately, as Naruto becomes a leader, we see him start to actually take his duties as a ninja and struggle with them and try to reconcile them with his promise to adhere to his own nindo. Um, the Shippuden arc has become less, uh, it had become less about becoming physically strong and more about becoming a good leader and a good, um, I'm gonna, I use good person loosely here, but it was more about strategy, critical thinking, ethics, and ultimately becoming a type of character that can lead and eventually become Hokage. Um, and Naruto isn't a born leader. The dude is goofy. I wouldn't follow him. Um, and ultimately, Naruto shifts from being idolized for um, this underdog attitude and being able to kick butt real good um, to being more respected for the loyalty and the his philosophical pursuit of breaking the cycle of hatred um, that exists within ninja culture, culture, culture in Shippuden as he gets older. And you have him as preteen in the original Naruto Rock and in Shippuden, Shippuden as many shonen and other manga and really any type of story at all. There's a time jump that ages him and then he deals with stuff in a more adult way. So um, what yes. I got out of this, which you can cut out. So essentially he's like the young politician who comes in. I'm going to try to change everything. I'm all doing all this stuff. And then at the end just falls in line. No, it's the opposite. But you just said basically he just ends up shifting from loyalty and philosophical I mean no the problem is is ninjas ninjas and ninja stuff as Grant talked about is very violent and violence filled and the difference is Naruto was using his stuff to kick butt real good in that sphere then it shifts to being that's not what this is about this is my more adult brain trying to handle things from a rational perspective and actually look at things beyond just fighting which is what everybody else is focused on which is hurting my brain because ultimately he actually does nothing to stop the fighting i mean he stops he he stops the fighting but my argument is that he doesn't roll the system restore back far enough, right? Like, he stops the problem that is plaguing the world and threatening everybody, but he rolls it back to the way things were. Eventually when... it's going to happen again. Yeah, like, it, he 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 sets it up in such a way that, that it's very likely that something could happen again. He doesn't, he doesn't go far enough with the way he changes things, is my argument. Okay. Yeah, it's more of a it's more of a centrist getting put into something. They can shift things and they can do good for right then, but if they're not breaking a system and rebuilding it, then they're not really doing much to stop the the thing from happening. There are there are parts at least from this is in this uh Grant, correct me if I'm wrong, this is taken from a lot of fan blogs and stuff talking about this. Um there are points where Naruto refuses to, refuses to fight and essentially lets himself pretty much be beat to a pulp. Um, to like atone for the sins of his friends um, and a lot of people like take that as the moment that Naruto actually becomes a hero because he understands what's happening and is trying to stamp out the hatred that somebody has for Sasuke 
um, by trying to actually like not beat it out of them, but actually have them have a true turn. I really don't like this character. Oh my god, that's fair. That's that's fine. fair. Yeah, I don't like I... a lot of shonen leads. I like the rivals. Yeah, uh, with the exception it's... of Deku. <laughs> I love I've that I've said uh, I've said and will stand by the fact that it would be a better show if it was about anybody other than Naruto. The big thing to take away from this is ultimately the show is not static, and you actually see these kids grow up from being kids to essentially, and I mean, if you throw in Boruto, being full fledged adults and having gone through an entire arc, ultimately keeping in pace with the aging of the people who are reading it and watching it. So it is something that you've grown up with, and these characters have literally grown up alongside you. So I do have a question about that. Since we're talking about this whole thing of they grow up um, kind of with you. And is it a problem with this next generation thing of like, I see a lot of this happen where you have a kid's show and they prolong it so long to where these kids are now adults, your actual like, you know, consumers. But then it runs into this thing of like, we still want to keep it as a kid's show. And it just seems like a lot of stuff has done that. So, so like, and it's hard for me to like do stuff like we have Toy Story 4 coming out. We don't yeah. care. Kids don't care about that. I'm not. That's not a kids' movie to me. That is literally for people who watch Toy Story One, who are like 25 years old now. That's that's fair and that's valid, but it's different in Japan. Okay, I'm just wondering, like I said, how we follow with this, like yeah, it, yeah. The... So it's different in Japan because this again is Japanese media being consumed by American audiences. But in Japan, this is actually pretty. Tip, uh, it, it's very typical. Of not just the shonen genre, but a lot of the a lot of the anime because they do span a lot of episodes. You have time jumps to allow for growth. There's a magical girl anime that actually starts when she's nine years old, and by the end, she has a wife and a daughter. So um, then, technically, who's the audience for the end then? So the thing is, is the writers a lot of the time in Japan they're cognizant of their audience, and so that that same core audience goes with it. So you will see the themes of a show develop from being very kid like to being adult, and that is what the audience is. They're fully aware of who is reading this, and ultimately, um, with how it ranges, like they they most of the time they will stay within the same rating unless it was extremely kiddie. But the difference is with a lot of shonen, shonen and seinen run or run this like really fine line between each two, where they can easily transfer between being for preteens to being for adults. Um, it's not as it's not like a Toy Story movie. Like, Matt, Matt, it's like it's like Harry Potter. Yeah. So Harry Potter did it what correctly then? Yes. Like, obviously, okay, that's good because I actually like how we're doing that when we shift the thing because it. Yes, I guess it's American media that basically we keep like, oh, well, this started as a kid thing, so we're gonna we try to force yes. it to continue to be a kid thing. But you're literally your audience is now 25 years old. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, it okay, ages cool. up with the audience just like Harry Potter. That did. is exactly. great. Why can't we do that? American media, stupid. But. Like, I was just wondering, like, if that was helpful. Yeah, no, the audience shifts with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That hasn't been a big thing that I think has caused a lot of these problems that we yeah. see today. With like... And that's, I mean, that is honestly why I do, like, a lot of long-form anime. Because you get to see these variances a lot of the times. Um, but yeah, so that that's, that's also one of the big reasons why it has a staring power. Um, so some bad, now it's my soccer rant. I'm going to keep it short because we're running really long. But essentially, I'm going to use a scholarly argument first that I didn't write, and then I'm going to go into what I said. Um, Fujimoto, the guy I mentioned earlier, he argues that the story has overly traditional gender roles, noting mm-hmm. that its representation suggests that men and women 
men are men and women are women and that they differ naturally regarding aptitude and vocation for example the girls initially outperform the boys in the ninja academy but once the boys get serious they can't the girls can't keep pace fujimoto also points out that this does not upset sakura once she's surpassed by naruto character development based on female roles when it does occur again uses stereotypical roles such as um Tsunade, for example, who's a middle-aged woman with very, very large breasts. And she's a mother figure, and she essentially teaches Sakura to let, let the boys fight, become a medical ninja, is essentially what happens, which requires skills possessed only by women. Um, the story reinforces the idea that women can only belong in the battlefield as healers, and in a genre that is like this, that has Android, motherfucking 18, I'll, I'll bleep out that. But I'm being serious, and this is what I strongly believe Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z have amazing female characters for the most part. Um, or like Yoroichi in Bleach. This is stupid. When you compare Naruto as a shonen against other shonen, they are not this bad. You at least have like one character that you can point to that is good. And I'm also just tired because I saw a lot of it online and I listened to a podcast where like the people talking reified that women play healers. Women are only healers. And I'm just going to say it here. If you played any game with me, you don't want me healing you. That's a bad idea. <laughs> Accurate. Well, well, to be fair, do we really want, you can't play anything that's squishy or healing. Well, You're yeah. very limited. Yeah. You do not have just... the range. Okay, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> I also do enjoy just playing tanks because I don't want to think about the other stuff. So. so, but I also so, play Junkrat, and he's really fucking squishy, and I'm good with Junkrat. So, yeah, but that's a lot different when you're talking about t when we talk about Overwatch heal. When I talk about like healing per se versus like an Overwatch type healing, like is there really? I well, guess no, there mercy. is. Well, that that's the thing is specifically in Overwatch. If you're a girl, you're expected to play Mercy. That's it. That's what I'm saying. I think you're characterizing two different types of healing to me. No, that's fair, but still, by and large, like it, actually outside of gaming, I used me because I, I'm not a healer. I'm not a nurturer. I don't care about that stuff. But if you look at other forms of media and even the reality of what roles women have played traditionally, it is of a healer or Absolutely. a nurturer. That, so, like outside of video games, that is essentially what we're what we're refined or what we're put in the corner for. That's fair. I do have a question about the whole thing. I guess before Grant or something, I get you want me, you want to finish. Or you want me to ask my question? Yeah, you can just ask your question. Okay, so this whole thing about like girls initially outperform in the Ninja Academy, but once boys get serious, girls cannot keep pace. Do yeah. they explicitly say why per se? It's no, just they just give up. Like, they just, they, they just, they don't. That's what I'm just saying. Like, don't care. So that's what I'm trying to wonder because we before for context, I think Kate and I had a conversation before we got here of basically like the difference between like male and female sports or men and yeah. women sports of like you can keep up for a while, but eventually you're but not going to be able to keep is, up. So, and so that's the, why I'm the, trying the to other... wonder about like all I was saying was this is why I asked what the actual Ninja Academy represented and how they actually work in this and what that meant whether this was just literally because of, like, physicality or if, like, something different, because obviously this is a TV show. Yeah, it has nothing to do with physicality. You have some extremely twiggy guys that won't be able to knock the crap out of somebody, but the whole thing is each ninja is able to tap into different chakras, and they essentially have powers. Also, later on in the show, Sakura literally gets super strength, yeah. and then she still proceeds to not do shit. Yeah. 
that's fine. Like I said, all I want yeah. to do is ask that question before you started yelling at me. No, because th- there's they're they're ninjas in an anime. There's literally nothing like it. There is nothing, and bringing up My Hero Academia again. Like you can have a power that sets you apart from other people just because of your power, and that is what is set up here. The difference is is Sakura is very proud of performing well. And then all of a sudden, she doesn't care about it at all. All she cares There's... about is Sasuke-kun. Exactly. That's all it is. All it is is about, bring me back Sasuke. I want Sasuke. Where's Sasuke? Sasuke? Sasuke, here, you can have some of this stuff. It, It's stupid and it's really bad, especially when you do have other women in the genre. And I'm not talking about, like, Sailor Moon. I'm talking about Android 18, Yoroichi, like, even Bulma to an extent, because she's her own person with agency by the end. This is not how they should be written. That being said, this isn't my target. I'm not the target audience for this. I am not a preteen boy. I'm not a teenage boy. That, like, that's perfectly fine. But just judging against the genre itself it, it's a bad piece of storytelling when you have a character start off really strong and take pride in that strength and then just completely be consumed by being in love with somebody and give no craps when they fall behind um the other thing that comes into play too is Tsunade herself who is a figure of authority for Naruto Naruto is ridiculously portrayed um essentially like she's a woman and i hyperlinked it so you can look up pictures of her like she's drawn to ridiculous proportions and literally nobody else in that position of power is that way at all um and it's not even like it's comedic relief it's it's fan servicey because she has really large boobs like overly sized even more than like what a he-man bleach but she's like there's no reason for her to be that way um and so essentially um like fujimoto also suggests that this representation of women may explain why female characters are often most the most disliked characters among the readers of the manga itself and this is one of those things too where you'll have people say oh you're calling sakura useless you're sexist it's like no she is a useless character like a lot of the women and girls in Naruto are extremely terrible. Yeah, I know. Hinata's the best. Hinata's great. But also, she just but, becomes a ship for Naruto. But even then, Hinata has one fight, like one, well, two honest fights in the entire show. And yeah. both of them are just her getting her ass kicked to further yep. Naruto's character development. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's where I am on that. Matt, does that explain it? So I think I think something that uh, that is also My true. Over, by the way. Okay, good. Because I think there's one one key element of the way that the show does do such a disservice to its female characters that you didn't touch on is that it doesn't just sweep them under the rug and ignore them and let them fall behind. Like, if it just did all that, obviously that'd be bad. But it'd almost be like it it would be, it wouldn't be as bad. It'd be like okay, fine, but whatever. But the fact that they that that Kishimoto constantly goes out of his way to pay a little bit of lip service and to make you think that maybe they're gonna finally do something, and then it, ultimately it always falls through. In particular, there's a moment at the end of the show, like big last arc, huge final battle, 
they're going up against an army. Madara has become the Ten Tails. It's ridiculous. And Naruto turns into his ultimate super QB awesome kaiju form and busts through the line and he's running through and it's like the end of of the first Avengers as he's fighting through and Sasuke does his whole big like Mangekyo Sharingan shit. He's doing the same thing and they're both trashing dozens of enemies at once. And you're like, okay, cool. Naruto and Sasuke are here. They're doing their cool thing. And then Sakura jumps in and she starts punching dudes out and is keeping up with them. And I'm like, oh, Sakura's actually doing something that isn't healing. And uh, I forget who, it might have been Kakashi, but somebody is like, oh, while Naruto and Sasuke were so busy competing with each other, they weren't looking over their shoulders. And they didn't see that Sakura has caught up with them. And now, like, teams, all three members of Team 7 are, like, the new Sanin. And it's like, oh, cool. Sakura's actually, like, they're... It's a little bit, okay, you kind of cheated and told me instead of showing me, but at least at the very end, you're trying to even us out and, and make Sakura somebody who is useful. And then during the entire final battle, she throws one punch. Yep. And it's admittedly, admittedly, it is the punch that wins them the fight, but her whole, her whole role in the entire final battle is to throw one punch. And it's like, really? That's that's how you're going to pay lip service to me and try to convince me that you didn't completely waste one of your three main characters over the course of the show by just having her throw one punch in the final fight after treating her like crap and making her useless and wasting so many opportunities to make her an interesting character. Because medical ninjas aren't just like, I can patch up your wounds. Medical ninjas have this amazing power. There's a part in one part of the show where Neji gets a hole punched through his chest and he's, like, missing internal organs and dying. And they're like, oh, we'll take some of his hair, use it as a medium for his key, and just remake this hole in his chest and he's fine. If you can do that, you can undo that. Medical yeah. ninjas, like, they could have gone the bloodbending route. Yeah. Like, they could have gone the bloodbending route and they it. didn't. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 yeah. It, it's annoying. Um, it's really annoying. And it's also... Um, one of the reasons why, like, I I got to a point where I hated seeing Sakura on, on screen because she'd come on screen and she'd like, oh, she's going to save somebody. And then she gets knocked out. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, she's no. nothing. But you expect nothing and you're still disappointed. Yeah, pretty and, like, much. She's not the only one. Hinata's a master martial artist who can who can seal off your ability to use ninja magic. Eno mm-hmm. can possess bodies. Uh, Ten Ten can summon any weapon from her scroll, kind of like Momo in My Hero Academia. Yep. Like, uh, like Tamari's just an all-around badass. There are tons of really awesome characters who happen to be women. Potentially awesome. Yeah, well, like, on paper, they're awesome. On paper, really awesome characters who happen to be women who you could do really awesome shit with, and the show just doesn't. And that is deeply frustrating. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> so I, I don't mean to steal your thunder, but but I also have feelings. Oh yeah, no, and you watch more of the show than I have, so <laughs> you have those those examples to pull into. Um, but yeah, um, we're running really long, but like the next two is just ultimately like as a show, it's extremely it, it's extremely grounded in Japanese mythology. Um, 
and whereas like some uh, some other shonen either um, look at more Americanized stuff or um, they uh, Dragon Ball Z is a lot of Chinese influences, um, especially with um, like uh, Dragon Ball being like a retelling of Journey to the West. And then what Naruto does significantly is really root itself in Japanese mythology. And so uh, ultimately, like the mythology is used to further layers of the story. And ultimately, Kashimoto expects the reader to be able to decode these references, and it allow and it it allows him to not have to go into extreme exposition. And one of the examples is that Itachi, who has three ninja techniques named after Shinto deities, um, Sukiyomi, Amaterasu, yeah, and Susano. And the the scholar who who did a lot of this research, Amy Plum, also cites Sasuke's um, clan's um, heraldic symbol, um, known as the Uchiwa. Um, these fans are used in Japanese myths to exercise evil by blowing it away. Um, and Sasuke discover, d- discovers late in the series that he has the ability known as to blow away um, the influence of the nine-tailed fox on Naruto directly. And of course, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, um, foxes or kitsunitsuki are tricksters in Japanese mythology. Mythology. So the show um, is ultimately completely steeped in these things, um, which sounds weird, right? Because you're like, this is a Japanese show. Of course it would be. Um, but no, um, there were um, there were some um, what do you call it um, thoughts that it may be too Japanese like it can't re- maybe it won't transfer over maybe it won't be as large as these other shows that came before it because it was too Japanese um, but that wasn't the case obviously no it um, made the translation incredibly well yes and then there's a lot of um, ethical values from Confucianism brought in as well um, but um, a lot of that is just me quoting scholars it's not a lot of me actually going into it so we can we can just go ahead and skip it um, uh, if you're a Patreon patron the notes are there you can read through them uh, but that's pretty much it. I mean, that that's all I had. Grant, is there any other but why those you'd like to add? Um, well, I already talked about Sasuke. I already talked about um Yeah, no, I think I think that's pretty much it. It's 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 a show that had a very distinctive style, very distinctive characters, and I think I didn't think about it before we came in here, but I think the notion of it growing up with its readers uh was was really a big part of it and i think yeah that that pretty much captures how it was able to be as as influential as as it is and it's something that even though like i i i know we've all kind of shit on it a lot in the last you know hour and a half but it's even though i can pinpoint all the things about it that i can see objectively that it did wrong something that we I didn't get to talk about is the fact that it is just really good at emotionally resonant storytelling. It's sometimes it's sappy and like soap opera-y and dramatic, but the reason why the, that kind of writing is so popular is because it does really emotionally resonate with the audience. And that's something that I think there are very few shonen out there that can pull at the audience's heartstrings the way that Naruto is able to do and really make the character's emotions resonate in the story and I think that is another major thing that makes it so compelling even when it's like okay we're learning about Kabuto's backstory 
I don't really care. But then as you get into it, you're like, oh, no, his life was really tragic. And pulling all of that tragedy up and showing you all the different really uh, emotionally effective things that happen in everybody's lives is a real driving force of what keeps you tuning in and keeps you wanting to know what happened next, even when, from a meta-narrative critique standpoint, there are so many things that I've talked about that maybe I'm not crazy about. It's like, okay, but I want to know what happens next because it really hooks in your emotions a way that few other shonen do. I think that's a big but why, though, that we didn't get to talk about. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. and That's definitely important. And, you know, my our, our limited scopes across and, you know, mind leading this is one of the reasons why I couldn't really talk to it. So thank you for being here to kind of put that out there. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> I do love knowing things. <laughs> um, do you drink and know things? Um, I'm not currently drinking, but I might drink after I'm done with this. So then I will drink and know things. Have we driven you to drink, Grant? <laughs> No, Naruto drove me to drink. <laughs> um, so our, we have a couple of fan but why those, and the first one is from Nico. Um, thank you again for being a Patreon supporter and um, picking this episode and kind of getting this out of our comfort zone. Um, and his, his fan but why those, though, is, although not as great as the Dragon Ball series, Naruto has earned a special place in my heart. Had this not been around, I probably wouldn't have been that into anime or manga. Besides the fillers, every episode brings something special. I can agree with that statement. I think that that actually pretty well echoes my feelings on Naruto as well. Makes sense. Um, And then from Mr. David Fisher... He's described by another character as someone who can never be the star of a manga, and that rang true for me. He's a dopey loser, he's lonely, he's full of rage and demons, but he's funny and bright and creative at the same time. That speaks that speaks to me and spoke to me as a youth. Um, and that's what we have. Um, so thank you, Nico, for sponsoring this. And if we want to go into our final thoughts? Yeah. Um, essentially, um, I didn't have a lot of respect for Naruto until I knew we were going to do this episode, and I went back and I rewatched quite a bit of it. Um, and I will say that having watched the three seasons of My Hero Academia, it made me actually have a greater appreciation for Naruto when I went back and watched it this last time. Um, as did actually like reading into what the creator has said, how the creator feels about it, and um, doing the research and reading stuff on it, and reading fan blogs and hearing how people how this resonates with other people who aren't me. I think Adrian's exactly right. Like this is past my time. So I'm not I'm not going to have that type of connection to it. Um, but I definitely respect it a lot more coming out of this. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've kind of said, I think, all I could say, like, um, Kate basically agreed, like what I was going to say of just like, I, if I would have watched this first, maybe like my feelings would be different. Um, but like Nico said, I just like Dragon Ball Z more and I don't want to go back and rewatch it to see if I like it unless I get like a Kai like um, Grant talked about because I just don't want y'all sound very hurt by the Sakura stuff and I don't want to I don't want to live through that I don't know if it's worth it I don't know if it's worth it I, I've had enough of bad women like characters women characters done poorly in my CW verse I don't know if I need that in my life um, but 
the way that you said this makes you appreciate um, My Hero Academia, it makes me appreciate Hunter x Hunter because Hunter x Hunter is like the shonen anime that I'm going through right now. Um, and a lot of the same reasons that you're saying is like what makes me appreciate Hunter x Hunter at the moment. So if anything, it makes me appreciate my other shonen animes, even if I probably won't go back and rewatch this. I might rewatch like the end fight scenes because the end fight scenes are cool. The animations are dope. The fight scenes are dope. Kakashi versus Obito might be my favorite anime battle of all time. Yeah. And that was the other thing I probably should have mentioned it. Like, the fight scenes are really well renowned. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, dope. Because a lot of the times when you have uh, fighters and shonen, they're like little blips. And you don't get a lot of the close ups, but here you get close ups of everything. And it, they're really, really detailed. Yeah. And, and I understand it's cultural significance. I mean, Naruto, our line is huge, I'm pretty sure, still, maybe. I don't know. Um, it makes Matt angry because they run likes things, but. We also have characters in, like, the biggest Battle Royale game out right now runs exactly like that. And whenever she runs in front of me, that's all I can think of. So, if anything, the cultural significance outweighs anything I have to say poorly about the show. So, moving on to me. One, I think Hunter x Hunter, I think, is actually coming to Nets. Oh, nice. You should pick it up. You should watch it. It's on Hulu right now, but I don't know if you... Yeah. I disdain for Hulu. I know, I know. I don't pay for commercials. But... So we have a lot of these episodes, and obviously I don't know anything, and I don't really care about a lot of this stuff because I'm just not a big fan of anime. And most of the time, you guys can talk through, and I see how you know you like it, and maybe like you know maybe you should watch it. Everything I got none of that at this point. I actually don't really. I mean, I guess it's significant. That's great for people, but I do not care to watch this. And you guys have actually made me not really like this, <laughs> like less than like oh, where I started at this point. Um, Naruto, the main character, sounds awful. Um, obviously, their women characters are apparently useless. Yep. And um, we've had a lot of issues. I mean, that's great that people like it in a God Touch Live, but you guys have actually made me less likely to even. So I went from like 0.01 to like 0% ever wanting oh. to watch this. <laughs> well, okay. But I'm glad people enjoyed this, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is uh, on brand, Matt. I hate it, but I'm glad other people like it. <laughs> well, not that I hate it, because obviously I've not watched it or anything. But you have not convinced me that like I actually should want to watch this. Because most of the time I do end with like, yeah, that seems like it's interesting. It seemed cool, but this one has not been like that way. That's fair. That's. I mean, yeah. I mean, also like Nico, I apologize. Um, I hope you like this episode. I really do. Um. But, but I did message you and tell you we're getting a guest because you know how we feel about things. So, so Grant, <laughs> to end this on a great positive note, you get to end this. Okay, so I'll, I'll try to turn this around to positive. So, <laughs> so Naruto is a sh- I think my final thoughts on this is that Naruto is a show that has an incredible cultural significance. Obviously, we've talked that to death. Uh, but... I think that ultimately, at the end of the day, Naruto is a show that explores this concept of loneliness, of ostracization, of of isolation, and really just looks at how that emotion of loneliness can manifest in so many different ways, and how people can can turn it into something for good or something for evil, and how... It, it really all is just swirling around that one central theme, and I find that fascinating that most really long-running shonen don't 
have that much of a hyper focus thematically, but this one really, really does. And so I think that if you were ever the kid who was sitting alone on the playground because there was nobody to play with you, you'll find something to take away from from this show. And whether that is worth whatever percent of the rest of it doesn't resonate with you is going to depend from person to person. But I think that that's something that um, is an almost universally relatable aspect of the show. Uh, some people argue that it actually leans on it a little too much. Uh, someone said that uh, the empty swing set got more screen time than 1010, and it's true. But I think that as it functions that way, it is an incredibly interesting and successful show. And while I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, I think if you love Shonen, it's worth at least giving it a shot because worst case scenario, you'll like, like Kate and like Adrian said, you'll get to have a better appreciation for the other things that came after it. Well said, Grant. Yeah, I was like, this is why you're here. This is why you're on this episode. It helps to have at least one person who knows the show. Exactly. <laughs> Which is our goal. Like we, we ultimately we try we try not to talk about things we don't know, um, but we also want to make sure that people get to hear what they like. And having you on here has been great. And thank you so much. Yeah. No. I honestly, I'll come back here anytime. Like I, I, I messaged you before we started. If you guys ever do a Final Fantasy episode, hit me up. Matt can lead that one because he likes Final Fantasy. See. I like oh, things. Oh, cool. I want to I <laughs> do, like do an episode where I Matt, was, Matt I like and I things. actually get to talk to each other about things. I'm, in, I'm into it. <laughs> I promise, Grant, I like things. <laughs> um, but seriously, thank you so much. And why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? All right. Well, if you liked my insights on, on Shonen anime, you can catch me on Gilmore Ball Z uh, if you... It, if you haven't heard from the previous episode I was on, it's a podcast where my wife Paige and I are marathoning through Dragon Ball Z and Gilmore Girls, one episode at a time. And we talk, we compare, we contrast, we have a great time. So you can search pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, we're on Google Play and Spotify. You can also look Facebook, Twitter, whatever. The nice thing is that when your title is Gilmore Ball Z, it hasn't been taken by anybody. So uh, just Google Gilmore Ballsy and you'll find us. And you should go listen to them. They're great. Yeah, we uh, do new episodes every Saturday. Awesome. And we will include links to all their stuff in the show notes as well as, um, actually, if you could send me that that Naruto Kylie. I will send you that as soon as my internet is back up. (laughs) Awesome. And as always, you can find the podcast at ButWhyThePC on every single thing if you like us and you want to hear other uh some of the other pods in our network head on over to butwhythopodcast.com and if you want to support us like rate review and subscribe to us on itunes right now or other things that you're listening on it really really helps and you can find me at omamithrandier on twitter adrian yeah you can find me on twitter at superreese 93 s-u-p-e-r-r-u-i-z 93 Matt. I'm going to go play Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Oh, no. 14. I personally like the MMO ones. Even though I believe 11 was a lot better than 14.